like I don't. I mean, what is your thought on gore in films? I guess mm. is the case. Well, I, I don't really have any personal objection to it. I mean, I, I plenty of times it's satisfying in movies. You know, you watch <laughs> something like, you know, a recent example, The Boys. A lot of the gore in that is just like, oh, that was wild. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Even in this, in uh, in the Mother of Tears, a lot of it was like fun and wild. And same with the other two Argento movies, or yeah. the other two in this trilogy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with gore. Um, I just thought it was very interesting because we went into this and we talked about it in the other two episodes yeah. where it's like, this is the goriest one. This was the one that, like, apparently Italy told Argento, like, the Italian, like, Motion Pictures Association, whatever their version is or equivalent over there is. And they're like, hey, listen, you have to uh, tone this down. Yeah. This doesn't work for us. And so they he, like, cut a lot of it out. So, like, yeah. it got, like, a – I think – I think I like like Japan. Their version of rated R is like age fifteen and up. <laughs> so like I got like the fifteen and up in Italy, yeah. but like it's weird now seeing the unrated version and being like, I've seen worse. Yeah, it's I fairly think. tame. I mean, it's like I guess it's <clears throat> depraved, but like yeah. it's not it, any more upsetting than a lot of stuff that's coming out now, which is weird because it got even upon release it got a lot of flack like that was a huge criticism yeah. of it was that it just went too far which i don't really know if you've seen the other if you've seen the other two you know three mothers movies it's not really crossing any lines no yeah i think it's it's less about it's more just the fact that we see it like in the other two there are moments where it's implied yeah like these things are implied but like because like in Inferno, there's that one. I think it's probably the most iconic kill, which is with the window. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you don't see it actually go through someone's neck, like the bl- the, the glass, but you yeah. see the hand constantly like slam it down. It's the implication yeah. that like there's probably not a head anymore on that neck. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, before we get any further, hello, my name is Logan Sowash, and I'm Andy Carr. And this is Odd Trilogies with Logan and Andy, a movie podcast where we take a trio of films and we talk film by film about the good, the bad, and the weird surrounding each film. And today, we're finishing off our Three Mothers trilogy with, honestly, the wildest film in the three of these, (laughs) 2007's Mother of Tears. And if you're thinking to yourself, in case you don't remember, huh, I thought Inferno came out in 1980. It did. So you see, it's kind of ridiculous how long there is in a wait between these two films, the Inferno and Mother of Tears, when in reality, we're just going to cut right to the chase. This just feels like a better version of Inferno. Yeah. Which is hilarious to think that, like, Inferno feels like a a mishmash of, like, Giallo and, like, Argento's Suspiria, but in a worse way. Mm-hmm. And then this just feels like, oh, this is how they should have done it. <laughs> It's uh, like, oh, let's try Inferno again. Yeah. But good this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, would you say this is no. good? No, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, let me not get ahead of myself. No, it's no, It's not no. a good movie. You got me. Yeah, I thought you were going to throw me a curveball and say this is good. Because <laughs> I'll admit, this is my type of trash. Oh, I had is... an absolute blast oh, yeah. with this movie, but oh, yeah. it's not a good movie. No, there was a point where we thought we were going to have to stop the movie because you were laughing so hard. Yeah. I mean, don't 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 throw me just so you were laughing too. I was laughing too. You were caught off guard. I haven't, I haven't I heard you laugh that loud in a long time. Oh, it caught me so off guard. Because <laughs> like it's it's this is the type of gory film where you think like even even though there have been a lot of American films who just take it to another level where it's like I mean at this time that this film came out. 
the Saw sequels were already in production and yeah. like Saw 2 had already come out I think at this point where it's like that film has like a woman putting her hand in like a bunch of used needles and like yeah. the key is in the back of people's necks so they have to like cut uh, like a piece of flesh off. Like, it had, yeah. like it's already the era of like cabin fever hostile has already happened and yet it still just catches me off guard when I see a child get killed. Mm. Thankfully the kids don't really get killed on screen but like yeah. you think like oh a horror staple is the kid doesn't die. Mm-hmm. But then I think about oh never mind the most recent Halloween film actually a kid dies early oh, like yeah. it's actually the second kill of the film yeah 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 in it's the uh the danny, yeah, danny the mcbride, danny McBride one. one i can't remember who directed Died. it david gordon green oh okay yeah because yeah. danny wrote it with him but yeah. uh yeah it's like it's one of those things where it's like this movie mainly caught me off guard where it's like it's not gonna go that far is it <laughs> it's like oh that's right it's argento and it's the 2000s well and it is one of those you know i know we just said in the opening that like it doesn't really cross a line but like it is it does. It is surprisingly unrestrained on Argento's part for like yeah. him being really late in his yeah. career. You know, t- almost thirty years after Inferno, and in those movies where he would have cut away or he would have suggested, he just goes for it. Here yeah, like it feels like in shows it. both in Inferno and Suspiria, it feels like the kills have an artistic value to it. Yeah, where it's like Argento is like there are some cool artistic ideas that could even make these kills more haunting. Yeah. Like in Suspiria, you have the. Uh, the heart cam in the first big <laughs> kill in Suspiria, you have the uh, the death of is it, I think her name was Sarah in Inferno, where like she like rips through that like sheet oh, as yeah, she falls, falls and dies, yeah, yeah. like stuff that really doesn't make logical sense to like you wouldn't really be able but to see a yeah. heart like that or why is that sheet there? But, but he's like, like putting a painting on yeah, the screen, it adds and... to the nightmarish quality of everything. Yeah, and in this, it's just like oh no. He could have always done this. He just didn't feel like he really wanted to until now. Yeah, well, and I don't know if maybe he felt more comfortable with the way, you know, makeup effects technology Mm -hmm. had advanced. He was like, oh, I can really pull this off. Whereas in the 70s, he would have been like, "Ah, I don't know if we can sell this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like we did talk about in the first episode of this trilogy that, like, he wanted Suspiria to be about twelve year olds, like <laughs> yeah. ch- like children, like a grim fairy tale, but gory. Uh, where it's so like about that's kids. why he kills multiple kids in this movie. Yeah, a baby and two and two boys. Yeah, two two children. boys. But thankfully, you do not see the boys die on screen. <laughs> you well, do, however, you do see you do see one of the boys, but like it's thankfully cut in a way where it's like, well, I think he's already dead. Yeah, but it's still like it's you still, still see a dead kid. His body get mutilated. Yeah, and that's like okay, fine, but yes. Yeah, I mean, if you if you are queasy, this is the most upsetting of the three. Yeah, I think we were just saying at the start that like, if you're into horror and violent movies, mm-hmm. there's a lot worse out there. Yeah, and but at the same time, in classic Argento fashion, <laughs> the upsettingness and almost the offensiveness of some of the deaths have a purpose to it, where it feels like it's like that because the world, specifically Rome itself, is going mad. Yeah, and it's supposed to be this idea that like. The most depraved things that you can think of that are happening right now are just happening all across the city. Yeah. Because the Mother of Tears is back, and she's got hell to pay. She's yeah, going to take yeah. over the world and, and, since... And the violence and depravity is certainly not unprecedented for the trilogy. I mean, it's, no. it's about these horrible witches who exact their, you know, their will on the earth and do horrible things to yeah. people for fun, basically. Yeah. I think we should elaborate more as to, like, when we say it's Inferno but better, we basically mean that it's actually enjoyable. 
it it goes like a roller coaster ride instead of a very slow like drive. Yeah. And the main character actually has a purpose and is invested in the actual narrative and feels like she is constantly Every time she goes someplace else, she's learning more about herself, learning more about the mystery, and, like... She's learning more, and she's invested in it. Yeah. Like, she cares to learn more, whereas mm-hmm. Mark... Is that his name? Mark in the It first doesn't one? even matter. Whatever. Yeah. The fucking the thousand, thousand yard yeah. stare dude. Yeah. He just, you know, stood there and listened while people told him things, and was just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Where's my wa- sister? Yeah, and then wandered yeah. into the next scene and almost gets killed again. Yeah, but in this one, it actually does a great giallo thing, where it's like... She sees something she's not supposed to see in a horrible, unspeakable act, which is the death of one of her colleagues. She thinks she's going to die. She's thankfully able to run away, which we will get to a little bit later as Mm -hmm. to how she's able to do that. And as the film goes on, as Rome is getting crazier and crazier, she's getting closer and closer to finding where where Mother of Tears and all the witches that she is gathering together to make, like, the second coming of witches. Yeah. And it's, it's... it's very interesting how this film, like, just gets the lore. It handles the the execution is what shocks me the most uh, yeah. because this is the schlockiest of the three, but sure. the execution surprisingly is so much better than it is in Inferno. Well, it's just a lot better balanced than Inferno. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Inferno almost feels like Argento can't figure out how to combine mm-hmm. Giallo with his you know Suspiria yeah. kind of nightmare mm-hmm. stuff. And this, it's like, I think he kind of loosens the reins a little bit and just kind of like sprinkles in mm-hmm. his, his yeah. you know, traditional style or whatever. But it feels a little bit more modern and a little bit more kind of breezy, just kind of moving through it. Yeah. Um, and, rather than kind of a, a chore like Inferno is. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how it's like in Suspiria, the main character almost accidentally kind of stumbles into the secret hideout yeah. in the Dance Academy. Because of again, like a giallo trope of like she hears this one line that she can't not think of all the time. And in this film, she's uh, the main character who is Sarah Mandy. I believe yeah, is her Sarah name. Mandy, uh, played by Asia Argento, Dario's daughter. Yep. She basically is like on hundred percent committed. Like initially, she's like trying to forget about it because it's like um, they didn't kill me. <laughs> I'm just trying to you know try to live a life and maybe get somewhere normal. And then weird shit starts happening around her, and it's like, oh, okay, I guess I can't escape from this. I gotta yeah. figure out what's happening. Well, and it ends up being kind of a kind of a chosen one type story. Like she yeah. kind of figures out she has a connection to this and mm-hmm. can do something about it, and you know, instead of just running away. Because mm-hmm. that's another thing that like it feels so much better than Inferno. Because like building out a lore, it does help to have other people in your universe who kind of understand it a bit better in terms of, like, the logic of this world. Yeah. Where it's, like, it's a world that is apparently run to, like, a secret coven of witches. <laughs> and in Inferno, you only run into one guy who is not evil who knows about said witches. And that's uh, Kazanian, oh, the guy yeah, who yeah, owns the bookstore. Book store, yeah, who gets eaten by rats and killed by, by Cleaver. Classic scene. Yeah, a wonderful scene. You know, everyone loves it. But at the same time, it's like... In this film, thankfully, there's a secret coven of evil witches, but there's also almost like a secret, like, order to a degree where, like, all these people, like, priests, psychics, alchemists, Mm -hmm. know about this world. And, like, they're not necessarily trying to fight it because they're scared of it, but at the same time, 
they do know ways that they maybe weaken the power and like help people who can do it because uh-huh. Sarah's a good witch or a white witch they call her in this where it's <laughs> like you have eight you have witch powers in your blood yeah it's it's the it, again i was like this is i guess the midichlorians of the suspiria universe but like yeah, at the well, same time i guess i'm okay with it yeah we don't it's we better don't, than inferno yeah it still kind of has some of the problems of inferno where it kind of yeah. wants to exposit information and establish some rules but then it doesn't really want to put down enough to like you know yeah. constrain it and then it just kind of feels like there's a lot of things that aren't explained or yeah. are almost contradictory but you could just you know kind of brush it under the yeah. rug and be like oh whatever we don't have to like, go there. why why is this a thing okay never mind yeah because again of what makes it better than inferno as well is just the fact that like my biggest issue with inferno is like every scene almost felt like it was a minute too long yeah this film feels like it is a 30 seconds too fast in places <laughs> and that's a, just a dream in comparison where it's like yeah those exposition scenes still happen but it seems like every time there's an exposition scene right after that that person gets like killed off. Yeah, like it is like it goes right into like a gory scene. That's like ah, there's Argento. Yeah, He's well, back again. <laughs> well, and there's Let's a really leave. there's a really snappy kind of repeated cycle of like setup and payoff of yeah. you know like you we're, the scene where you know she gets uh, whatever she she reunites with her boyfriend guy. Yeah, and finds out he's he's you know fallen to the dark side or whatever. And Michael, like, Michael, yeah, Michael Pierce, I think is his yeah, name. And yeah, she. You know, early in the movie, you see her messing with the lighter fluid by his fireplace, and then yeah. you see it sitting next to her when he starts to like make his advances on her or whatever. And then, of course, she yeah. uses it and mm-hmm. burns him because he's an evil whatever. demon man. Yeah, because at least in this universe, it at least in this film, it makes sense as to like, oh yeah, the witches can bring people back from the dead and be evil. Yeah. The witches can like do crazy things that make other people want to hurt each other. Like I get, it just makes it's it weirdly makes more sense. Despite the yeah. fact that this film doesn't feel like it's taking itself seriously, even though I know that wasn't intentional. Yeah, oh yeah. There, yeah. There's a certain, there's a, just a little smidgen of this movie that just feels like, almost like self-parody. Which and is I so weird. I don't know that it was meant to be. But, Absolutely not. But it works. Like, it, it's entertaining on that level. Because it's really weird, because like, looking into the process of this, because like, you'd wonder like, okay, Inferno comes out in 1980. If they have an idea of doing all three mothers, they only have one mother left to do. Why didn't they just do it in the 80s? And apparently, uh, Dario Nicolotti, Dario's partner who also helped him write Suspiria and do the story for Inferno but wasn't credited, she apparently wrote a rough story idea and rough draft for an idea in 1984. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, we got it. It's called, like, The Third Mother. And we're oh. going to do a film about it. And, like, you know, people are going to love it. And then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like nothing got heard about again. I mean, Argento made like four or five films in the eighties, and they all were like yeah. pretty fairly big hits, at least in his in his country. I mean, like, I mean, one of the films had Jennifer Connelly, Donald Pleasance, and a monkey. Can't really go wrong with that. As, <laughs> yeah. as Mother of Tears has shown, if you put a monkey in an Argento oh, film, I'm yeah. going to be having a good time. Um, a monkey that makes pig noises, apparently, which was <laughs> yeah, very wild weird. boar noises. Or that something. was very odd, but like. But then in the 90s, you have this period of Argento, which I think, I mean, I'm only going to call it this, but I feel like most people who know Argento would call somewhat this, is the Asia period, where, like, his daughter uh, is finally yeah. of age in Italy, and she becomes almost his muse to a degree, where it's like she yeah. is in the three films he makes in the 90s, which is, I believe, is Trauma, the Stendhal Syndrome, 
and then his version of the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> All three of those versions have Ozio as Ozia as the lead actress. Yeah. And from that point forward, like he makes another film in between Phantom of the Opera and Mother of Tears that doesn't have her in it. But then Mother of Tears comes out, and then Ozia comes back. Because mm-hmm. I think around that time, the reason why she probably wasn't in that is because she's in American films. She's in Triple X. She's in Land of the Dead. She apparently is in Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. Like she yeah. is, she is getting more kind of ground in the American cinema space, and then she comes back to do her father's third and final Three Mothers film, <laughs> and it's very odd. Just like in that process, it's like oh, so they they've had the script on for a while, right? Actually, there was a script in '03 that Dario worked on. Didn't become anything. They actually had two, they asked two people to write a script in 06, and apparently Dario hated it and scrapped it after a year, and then he just wrote the script. <laughs> and then it's like, and then you watch this film, and it's like, did the script really need 30, like 20 years to work on? This seems pretty much like yeah. cut and dry, which is hilarious because it's like they talk about Inferno being like almost easy, where it's like, oh, we, we did this. Like, it was an easy idea. I had some mm-hmm. ideas in my head, and it's like with Mother of Tears, it's like, if this is really what this this really didn't have to take that long like no it's, no <laughs> it, it's not exactly worth the wait no 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 no, absolutely <laughs> not it's not the it's not the worst in the series no personally. yeah we'll we'll go ahead and get crucified by the by the argento fans and say this is better than inferno but yeah, I mean, it's 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 at least it's at least if, more entertaining oh my gosh yes. it's more like fun it's, it might not be better but that's the thing is like no it is better just because it is more entertaining. that's fine you know honestly i will say quality wise i feel like it's not it's like a half step better yeah but, but inferno yeah. is just misery yeah inferno is just like this weird like you can see the good you can you can see the good that's already there but also see what could be great yeah. and then it never gets there and then in mother of tears it's like even the parts that i don't love it's like yeah i guess the mother of tears herself is not really a great actress <laughs> but at least she's in the film oh and yeah. she doesn't just pop up it's like hi i'm the nurse hey and we actually I've take been... care of her this time absolutely we st- look we still don't know what happened with Mother of Darkness. She blew Inferno. up. She like she blew herself up. We don't know that. I know it's so weird. We it's, don't know I that. Don't we know. See, her I, house burns well, down. Apparently, yes, because in this film they say that both they say oh, Tenebrarum and Superiorum are dead. Oh, okay. So then you go like, then why? Like Mark didn't do anything. <laughs> like Mike slash Mark, whatever his name is. Mark. He uh, okay, good. He he just like shows up. She becomes death and goes nah. Yeah. Then she blows up. But in this film. Oh my gosh, in this film, you see the Mother of Tears die, and they make it clear she's oh, dead. <laughs> it's rough. And it's it's also funny, too, like in a, a very silly way, how um, almost similar to Suspiria, but not as well executed, where it's like, in Suspiria, it has this idea of like, this is this, uh, you know, um, ominous force mm-hmm. that is like controlling this whole dance academy, and like people are dying left and right. right. How are you going to take this thing on? And she just stabs, the, she just stabs Helen on the neck. <laughs> And then you watch this movie, and you're like, this movie is setting up the Mother of Tears to be like, no one is going to be able to touch this woman. Oh, yeah, she's woman. like controlling a whole city. Yeah. And like, you know, bringing an end to everything because she can just mm-hmm. influence people. And then what happens? Almost the exact same scenario where it's like, <laughs> Sarah finds a spear, gets rid of her, like, enchanted shirt well yeah she like she like instead of even stabbing her she like snakes the spear up under yeah the mother of tears's blouse yeah, yeah. And pulls it off of her and then burns it because that was it in a fire because that's what her power was coming from yeah uh, an, an enchanted tal- talismanic shirt it seemed a little weird robe. to have i mean it wasn't 
uh, Mater Suspiriorum in Suspiria, like, naked. She was naked. She was she was naked and, like, super old. And, and like, like, you know, there's no indication in Inferno <clears throat> that the Mother of Darkness draws her power from whatever she's wearing. But then no, it no, seems no, yeah. like the Mother of Tears is powerless without her shirt. Yeah, it seems like... And it's it, just, like, a 90s yeah. cut-off gym shirt. Yeah, it seems like a mo- in Mother of Tears it's implied that, like all of her power is put in the sacred thing that was covered by crucifixes. And now that the crucifixes are gone, yeah. they can give her her power back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. she doesn't drain the power from the from the blouse. It just is. <laughs> it just is her power. And it's like, oh, you get rid of it. The whole place starts to crumble, like Suspiria, like Inferno, because why not? Mm-hmm. And then a pillar comes out of nowhere and then just impales the Mother <laughs> of Tears just in case you wanted to know whether she died or not. Yeah. And it is satisfying. It is so much more satisfying than watching a silly Grim Reaper costume go <laughs> nyeh and burn up in a hotel tenant building. Yeah. It's just, it's more enjoyable. Like, this is my, this is, when it comes to horror, there is these type of films where it's like, I mean, there's, everyone has that type of film where it's like, I just, I hate the, I, I hate the concept of turn off your brain and enjoy the film because I think personally I can't ever really do that. No, yeah. But I, at the same time, I, I understand. Yeah, I understand the concept. And this film is probably the closest horror wise yeah. that I love. Where it's like I see the stuff they're doing, I see the inconsistencies. That's silly. That's stupid. This is really dumb in places. But man, am I loving every yeah. second of well, it. Well, yeah, it's it's one of those where it's, it works about a third of the time. And then the other two-thirds where it doesn't work, it doesn't work to the point where it's amusing or yeah. mind-boggling or mm-hmm. funny in its own way. And you're just, you, you know, unlike I mean, Inferno where yeah. you're just kind of frustrated the whole time. Yeah. At this, you're just like, uh, okay, Argento's just going for it. Yeah. All it's, right. I mean, this is, I mean, in Mother of Tears, I actually... It's only a smidge, huh. but for a lot of the characters, I did kind of feel bad that they died at places sure. like Johannes, the priest dying. It's like he's just a dude trying yeah. his best. I felt that bad he gets for cleaved. The, the woman who got you know yeah Martez got, uh, impaled in the taint. Yeah, the uh, death by Vlad the Impaler style. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a uh, that was very like oh no spear between the okay. Legs. Which again, hilariously enough, if you've seen enough horror films. I've seen worse versions of that. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> I've seen a version of that where the spear comes out the mouth. <laughs> and it's like, wow. Wait, what movie is that? Uh, it's the remake of 2001 Maniacs oh, with Robert England. Writing that down. Uh, and it's very silly. And it's mm-hmm. in a great way because it's like a very schlocky, like, smutty 70s oh, film yeah. that they turned into Just like a mid to late house. 2000s yeah. Like, yeah, remake with Robert England, you know, Freddie. <laughs> Freddy Krueger just being himself. Yeah. And again, it's just like there's so much to this film where it's like I just really appreciated how fast it was. Oh, yeah. How much it actually gave its time for the lore. And it's like if you really are somebody who loved the lore stuff in Inferno and wanted more inklings of that, you get more inklings of that in this. And even that, they even have like they tie it more into the first film. They tie it more to yeah. Inferno. Well, they, they like, yeah. Th- this kind of retroactively puts in context the other two movies, especially Suspiria, yeah. um, to where it. <laughs> this third movie almost makes it feel like you know these three movies were kind of deliberate narrative mm-hmm. follow-ups to one another, which they they're more thematically connected than narratively until yeah. this mm-hmm. point where this movie kind of explains, you know, everything. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, the biggest the biggest connection kind of back to Suspiria is Sarah's mother. Yes. Um, because she is... El- Lisa. Or, Lisa. Lisa, yeah. She's I a... I say Elaine. Yeah. And she is a... She is somebody who was at the Dance Academy in the first Suspiria film. Con- Continuity-wise, she was not actually in Suspiria. No, she's not in the movie. But they say that, like, a year or two prior to, like, the events of Suspiria, because I'm, I'm pretty sure they're trying to say that uh, Azia's character is about the same age as her. She was born in 75, so I assume yeah. it's, like, a year or two prior to Suspiria. Um, she was a good witch, tried to go up against Helena Marcos, and damaged her, but didn't kill her, and then Helena Marcos killed her and her husband, leaving Sarah, the main character, Mother of Tears, an orphan. Yep. And so it's like, oh, that's the reason why she's naked and laying on a bed because she's just old and trying to recoup. And yeah, it's like, Lisa okay, fine. Lisa stuck it to her. Yeah, same way that Susie did. Which mm-hmm. they say, Su- they name drop Susie's name. Mm-hmm. They show you a shot. They show you a a a, a drawing of the tenant building from Inferno. Yeah. And it's like all these things where it's like this film. Hilariously enough, despite the fact that this is the finale of this trilogy. It, again, feels like everything is finally falling to place to yeah. a degree. Of, of the three, like, this definitely feels the most like a film that belongs to a trilogy. Yeah, because Inferno is, like, most frustrating where you see those moments, and then you cut away to Mark, who is so disconnected that you're never going to get more about the lore. You're not going <laughs> to learn more about this. Or you cut to a character that works at the tenant building, but you know so little about that person that you don't necessarily know if they're a witch or just a weird person or just like it's assumed, but at the same so time vague. it's so vague that it's like you don't really know. And in this film it's like honestly this film made me go like, Well, why isn't there a female protagonist in Inferno that finds out that she has witch blood <laughs> in her and then in Mother of Tears you just have a full born, like f- like a full like witch fight. Yeah. And it's like Oh, and I'm not saying like I want like an Avengers level third no, film of this. Have to be like a big no, no, no. But I, thing, but, but I would love it if it was like witch against witch. Some weird, wacky illusion stuff happens between the yeah. two of them, and they're able to fight against each other. In our in our Gento style, because I do love the idea that like the main character is involved more than she has any idea that she is. Yeah, that she is like like you said, kind of a chosen one esque person mm-hmm. who is a witch. And it's like, oh my gosh, no one ever talks about good witches, because why would you? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, only because bad witches are fun horror, and that's like usually the go-to. You know, goth girls all in black, like we see in yeah. this film. Do all you think these the goofy... hex girl. Okay, to to explain, there is a group. There's a gaggle of just kind of underling witches, yes. I guess, or worshippers of yeah. the Mother of Tears. Yeah, because who... they talk about there there are witches coming from all over the world are coming to yeah, Rome. they're convening on the Mother of Tears. And you see this group of, like, you know... They're, like, 80s, like, glam metal, yeah. goth girls. Yeah, they're, like... They almost feel like they belong in the Lost Boys more than they do <laughs> yeah. in Mother of Tears. Yeah. And they all have, like, these hardcore, like, raccoon eye eyeliner yeah. and, like, super black hair and, like... They're wearing leather all across and like these goofy leather boots and yeah, like, and there's some like neon coloring in their mm-hmm. hair and outfits, and like little streaks, and, and they're stuff. like cackling and like hissing at people. And yeah, it's they just like, like walk around public places and like laugh at people. Yeah, and it's like oh, you're just mean. Yeah, and it's like oh, okay. Yeah, these the, are the witches. They like look. They reminded me or both of us of the hex girls. Yeah, 
Oh, from yes. Scooby-Doo. Yes. Scooby-Doo and, and the, the Witch's, Witch's Ghost. Ghost. Which is a wonderful movie. And was yes. also the sexual awakening for a lot of young boys in their interest for for goth girls. <laughs> I didn't think you were actually going to bring that up, but yes. <laughs> Why I guess not? it is. I go, oh, yeah, sure. My bad. This is our podcast. We can talk about <laughs> whatever we want. And I guess that's going to be in the conversation now. <laughs> Hex Girls. Hex Girls, baby. It's also the film that had the courage to cowardly dog pilot, but that's all we're gonna say about that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's so nice to watch this and be like, "Oh, thank God!" There's some lore that feels like it's somewhat earned in terms of yeah, like when it kind of feels like it matters. Yeah, which is one of the most infuriating things about Inferno is like you want it to matter, yeah. but Mark just keeps slipping on banana peels <laughs> in the right way. Yeah, it's like someone getting into an escape room and solving it without looking for any kind of clues. Yeah, it's that frustrating where it's like, how did you trip your ass through this to like actually <laughs> find the solution? Like, I don't understand you. <laughs> yeah, and in this, it's like at least Ozzy's Sarah is like trying every step of mm-hmm. the way. Like, people are dying left and right around her. Like, Rome is going nuts. There's murder. There's th- there's theft. There's rape. Everything is going nuts. But she is dead set on trying to find this witch and fixing everything. And she does. And it's satisfying. And it's like, okay, don't need to see another one of these films if they ever make another one. <laughs> yeah. Because I think they have, like, I think Ozia herself has even said, like, we could do a prequel. And it's like, no, mm, no you don't have to. You don't have to. Well, yeah, maybe maybe give that one to Luca. <laughs> yeah, good old, good old Luca. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I really like the idea that, like, I would love it if, if they could remake, to a degree, Inferno and Mother of Tears, but give it to other directors yeah. who kind of, like, see Luca's ideas almost mm-hmm. and then be like, we can kind of do something like that. But we're in a different we're in a different place. Each director kind of get, puts their own yeah, vision like, onto it, kind of like, just yeah. like Luca. Yeah, because yeah, because like Luca, and again, even though I think Inferno and Mother of Tears are flawed enough that you can make a remake where it actually fixes some of yeah, its yeah, issues, yeah. I would also like it if they do the Luca approach where they just take an interpretation of both those stories, and kind of make yeah. their own thing out of it. Yeah, because like Luca's version is like it takes place during the uh, Cold War. Yeah, it's like the, the, East the, Germany. Or yeah, something. it's like yeah. almost the tail end of like the Berlin Wall is about mm-hmm. to come down, yeah. and like that's not at all because Suspiria came out way before like right, that right. was even a possibility, and like. They could do that again with Inferno. Yeah. You could do Inferno. Just recontextualize in, it. Yeah. You can do Inferno in the 80s, 90s. Do you Inferno do... during the World Trade Center attacks. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm just going to shut that down right now. Okay. I don't want Zack Snyder anywhere near <laughs> Zack that. Snyder does Inferno. No, my yes. God. Do you know how Zack gross... Snyder's Dario Argento's Inferno. <laughs> Snyder cut. I just... Ultimate edition. Ultimate edition. Uh, the <laughs> Snyder cut of Zack Snyder's Dario Argento's Inferno. <laughs> um, just slow mo shots of the witch bringing down windows on people's necks <laughs> and rats eating people. And Hallelujah CG. plays in the background. <laughs> oh man, this movie was just Mother Tears was just so wild. It was a breath it of fresh was, air. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't know about fresh, but like amusing yeah I, I, we, we will have to say when it came to a viewing party when we watched Suspiria we had about a couple of our friends like five four yeah, or five people four or five people really enjoyed it um we had four people for Inferno and then for Mother of Tears we had two yeah just us just because, whittle, whittle because like yeah down. because our friends who saw <laughs> Inferno were like thanks 
No, I've heard no Mother thanks. of Tears is worse. I'm good. Yeah. And then so now we are both the mad ones who are seeing this film being like, no, this is actually really fun. Uh, hey, who's laughing now? I know. Uh, us, because we saw a baby get thrown off a oh, bridge. Can we talk? Should we talk about the baby? Oh, well, I've just said it, so okay. we got to talk about the baby on the bridge. So the funniest and quite possibly the most shocking death, because it feels, it has that moment of like, no, that's too obvious. That's too weird. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no way they do that. Well, it's also very sudden. Yes. Because to put in context, there's mm-hmm. a sequence where, I guess, the mother of tears is kind of doing a ritual, a ceremony, and yeah. she's saying a bunch of horrible incantations it's like, in Latin or it's like whatever. It's like the first wave of depravity. Yeah. Like, it's and like then, depravity. It's and like then the, you kind of cut to broader Rome. Yeah. You've got a vandalism happening to cars. You've got a dude who gets stabbed comically <laughs> just in the stomach. just runs up to another dude and stabs him and on the, a stairway. And the guy just goes, ah, like yeah. in the silliest way possible. you got but, people beating up cops, cops yeah. fighting back. But, but the I most, the first one we see... It is the first thing in this wave, is a woman has a stroller with a baby, goes up to a side of the bridge, picks up the baby lovingly, and just drops it over the edge. And you mm. see the whole fall... It's a baby doll. Don't worry. It's not like gory or <laughs> you anything. You got a stump baby. They hired a stump no, baby. No, but the sound they design. Warwick Davis. Yeah, the sound design. The uh, the baby doll just watching its head hit the cement oh. and to just fly off. It's it brutal. Was, it was so brutal and hilarious. How over the top <laughs> brutal it was. And then the woman is just crying afterwards. Yeah, and it's like it's, she doesn't remember yeah. why she did it. It's like this is beyond bonkers yeah in a in a better movie it would be like you know it would shake you and you'd just be like, oh yeah what did i just see and we i think we still asked what did i just see but yeah you were saying that through you know boisterous laughter and i was i like, was cackling. couldn't even speak because i was just like well i don't even understand what that was like the guy getting stabbed in the stomach over the top <laughs> like that was enough for me that i would have laughed yeah. but the fact that we saw the baby doll fly fall down like it's like crying and then you just hear like a comedic thunk on stone and then it just starts spinning again yeah well she drops it and it goes like five feet and hits the stone and bounces off it's just just goes into the water below it's beautiful it's just hilarious how like it i it feels very much like it's supposed to make the audience clutch their pearls yeah but at that point in time if you're a horror fan you see this you go that's hilarious yeah. that's so silly i love well, and it they, it's right as soon as the baby is dropped it starts doing the rapid cutting around rome yes to all these different people the goofy yeah. dude getting stabbed going, ah! yeah it's like, like somebody yeah. bashing in a windshield with a baseball bat and it's just it immediately ramps up it's like it's most just like there's no real yeah the baby build up or tension it's just everything goes <laughs> yeah. to crap the instantly. baby the baby has hilarious build up in terms of like at least 15 to 20 seconds yeah. of like you see the stroller go up. Yeah, they're having a nice yeah. little Sunday stroll. She raises yeah. her up in the air so she can see she's having Rome. A, yeah, she's, she's having like, a great oh, time. Look. And then she just like, let's Drops go. Her. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, it's like five second cuts of like vandalism, stabbings, yeah. uh, shootings, death, death, death. But it's like, you gave so much time to that baby. <laughs> I'm so just still caught off guard that that happened. Yeah. And it is absolutely delightful. And this movie just, gosh, I'm so glad that this was the last one. Yeah, I'm so glad that like we had the inverse of Inferno, where it's like we started off very hesitant. We're like, "This is modern day Argento. Mm-hmm. This really could just not be anything." 
And then it became so much more than that. <laughs> yeah, well, the the trailer for Mother of Tears made it look a lot more just kind of like your, you know, mediocre, yeah. bottom of the barrel, whatever, mid two thousands garbage. It honestly looked like what if we did the what if we did Mother of Tears like a third Suspiria film, but it was in the style of the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, it was, it was very it weird. Felt from the trailer like Argento has lost his style yeah. or his his shtick or whatever. Yeah. And while, obviously, this one's not reaching the heights of Suspiria, it's still very clearly an Argento movie. Oh, yeah. Like, you see his style of shooting and editing and weird plotting and bad dialogue, you know, yeah, the all com- throughout. Oh, yeah, the composition is great in terms of, like, you can see that the, he still has that eye for, like, I know what I need to see yeah. in this moment. And it also was great that, like, as we got to the end of the film and we get to the finale where she finds the den of the Mother of Tears, it gets more classic uh, Suspiria Inferno-esque where it's, like, a lot of heavy blues, some good reds. Mm -hmm. It feels very much like she's going into a place that she may not come out of alive, which early on in the film, early on in the film, the lighting is kind of basic. It's pretty Mm -hmm. straightforward. I wouldn't say it's flat, (laughs) but it is pretty much, like, not it's kind of okay. Yeah, it's just kind yeah. of basic. I but guess. the but yeah, but the far the farther you get into the weirder, kind of crazier stuff in the film, yeah. get harder blues, harder reds. It feels like we're getting closer to a more supernatural kind of wacky ending, similar to Suspiria or Inferno, and we do, mm-hmm. and it works. And yes, it has. It really doesn't hold a candle to I think to classic Argento, probably mm-hmm. not even eighties Argento in terms of look, but at the same time. It's still Argento, and he still does a really good job yeah. with what he's given and what he like. It's he's like the man still got it. It's silly now, or it's like sillier now, but like <laughs> he still got it. Yeah, I, I think uh, something that just occurred to me that I didn't even really think about while I was watching the movie. Uh, I, I feel like the witch's house is a much less significant presence in this movie than in either of the other two. Because yes, the other two, it that's is. pretty much. The only, not the only, but the main location of the movie. Most of yeah. the action takes place mm-hmm. in the, that movie's respective witch yeah. house. Yeah, Susie lives, one, Susie lives at the dance academy. Mark's sister lives at yeah. the tenant building. And then in this one, it's almost like a mystery. Yeah, we don't even know what the house is or where yeah. it is until she eventually finds it right mm-hmm. in you know the third act of the movie and dives into it. Mm-hmm. And even when she goes into it, there's not really anything there until she goes to the basement. Yeah, there's like a there's which I, I would say is probably the closest we get to like the third act twist of like that's the key to get her in there. It was yeah. like like symbols that she remembers and right. she says the symbols, which it also is now funny that like the witches put that on a headboard for <laughs> Michael to see. And yeah. Like if he had just found the right place, it was the passcode to get to the den. <laughs> yeah. And it's like okay, that's silly. But it fits, it fits yeah. Jalo, and it fits kind of like how the whole trilogy has been so far. So like, that's fun. Sure. And you get a it great... was it was just odd the house not being a more oh for sure overt presence. Yeah, it does feel weird that she's like... on the run kind of most of the movie. Yeah, she's just running across Rome. People are chasing her because the you know mother mm-hmm. of tears turns everybody mad and turns yeah. everybody against her and for some reason the cops think that she is killing everybody around her yeah well because everywhere she, can... she goes somebody dies because yeah. everywhere she goes somebody's hunting her and but accidentally kills somebody else yeah or intentionally kills somebody yeah. else i mean yeah like the only death where it's like oh it's probably her it's michael 
Yeah. Because, she, yeah, she actually did kill Michael, but at the same time, he was it coming was after her. Yeah, he was he was taken to hell with his mom, with her mom's ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa's ghost. Yeah, fucking... Uh, hugged uh, him and took him to hell. Yeah, Sarah's mom just shows up as a ghost halfway through the film, and then Sarah's mom sacrifices herself to take Michael to yeah. hell, or it's either the inverse... I, I don't know. Star, don't... Star Wars hologram Lisa... Yes. ...hugs flaming Michael which and is drags played, him to hell. Which is played by Darth nickelodeon who was in inferno yeah and wrote the story for both suspiria and inferno and is she supposedly died in the 70s so she should look like what she looks like in the 70s but no she's a ghost who ages and i love that (laughs) (laughs) and she's just like i'm your mom if she was like in her 50s (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) and then like here i'll take care of michael you go save the world and they just go to like hell it's like what is going on and they're never heard from again and it's wonderful because the film is like almost like suspiria-esque where it's like don't worry about that we're going to go to the next scene Go on next yeah, scene. Don't worry about that, except this is the movie where yeah. we're going to worry about all those yeah. details. Well, you worry about the lore when we do the exposition scenes, but after that, <laughs> yeah. it's all fair game. When we're What's, doing horror, let yeah. me do what I want to do. Why is that monkey there? Because the monkey's there. It doesn't matter. He, he just He's easy to train, and we have a fun time having a monkey be yeah. an intimidating force in this film. <laughs> easy to train? They got that monkey to make pig noises. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> like every, every time the monkey is not on screen and you hear what's supposed to be a monkey noise, I'm pretty sure it's a yeah. squealing pig. I I love the like it was funny because it's the only time that's really caught me off guard. Like that's funny, but to <laughs> me like the one thing that's like a sound design choice that I knew wasn't supposed to be funny is like they run into they meet this old alchemist who's in a wheelchair, and like the sound design on this wheelchair obviously is in a wheelchair it feels like it every time he turns his chair it sounds like a squeegee <laughs> squeegeeing without water yeah it's like it's like a it's like a dry squeegee on like a windshield <laughs> and it's like that's not a wheelchair yeah. why is why is everything else sound get this pretty good wheelchair yeah why does the sound design sound good the dubbing is actually not bad oh yeah for the most part for, the, for all three movies being entirely adr dialogue yeah. and all this one definitely is the most convincing yeah, and a lot of it definitely has to do with most like, of it. I kind of forgot it. Was yeah, until over. until we get to like that bold cult member. Who's yeah, like, the, the Tommy Wiseau cultist yeah. who got a stopper. Yeah, <laughs> she's got she's bad. Mother, I'm Tears gonna needs... kill her. <laughs> ah! It's like get him. And it's like why? Yeah, why know. is that your voice? I don't think that's your voice. I have yeah. a strange. If it is, I'm sorry if you're hearing this and you think <laughs> it just really caught us off guard when we heard that because again yeah because everyone else is like fine yeah like you can you like you hear udo kira and it's like yeah un- unlike suspiria that is how udo kira sounds <laughs> or like that is definitely how azia sounds because she's got an accent yeah and like you know lisa and all these people like all the dubs sounds fine and then this big tall bald yeah, dude like, with knives yeah. sounds like i'm Tommy gonna kill her i swear yeah sorry mom it's like what is yeah. okay cool but is there anything else we need to talk about? Well, I, feel I like... guess, I mean, if we're speaking about bad performances, I think the biggest offense is the, the mother, mother of tears. tears herself. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, again, after Inferno, there's a very low bar a mother now has to go over, <laughs> yeah. where it's just like, instead of it being like, ha-ha, I've been here the entire time and I've been killing people yeah. because I want to. And it's like, in this, it's like, at least she's killing people because that's like her thing. Yeah, she, she just, loves pain. Yeah, she kind of just does even, a, does a quarter turn and goes, 
Kill her. Yeah. She Kill them. Yeah. She Do loves, this. She loves pain and sadness because we see a, a wonderful scene that I was like, you see the mother of tears lick up tears. And that oh, was hilarious. Yeah. Where it's like, right in case you needed to be told. Yeah. But uh, yeah, another thing too, we're talking about continuity issues with the fact that like in Inferno, Tenenbrarum is the mother of darkness when in this oh, one, yeah. she's the mother of pain. Yeah, they can't get it straight. Which, let's be honest, after the deaths and Mother of Tears, I think the Mother of Tears is also the mother of pain. Yeah, she, oh, yeah. She made her, like the cult members in her in her, in her her little subsection Rome definitely did some horrible things. Yeah, well, and I think they say in maybe Inferno that... Tenebrarum, the Mother of Darkness, is the cruelest of the three. But, like, I feel it. Mother of Tears, oh, yeah. 100%. Is the Especially cruelest. since the first death in Mother of Tears is like a woman gets like a, a bludgeoning object shoved down her throat. So, oh, like, her mouth yeah. is screwed up. The, oh, the first death yeah. is the worst one. Yeah, I think. they slash her stomach and then they wrap her a, intestines, her, her intestines around her neck. And it's yeah. like. It's like, well, if you're trying to tell me that this is going to be the goriest one, you've succeeded. <laughs> yeah, it's the Mother of Tears, which again, I kind of talked about it last uh, episode, but I, I didn't really say it outright. In the last film, when we, when we talked about Inferno, when it comes to the uh, the scene where there is a girl in Mark's class that has like a cat and like heavy eyeliner. Oh, yeah. And like, that is supposed to be the Mother of mother, Tears. Mother Lacrimarum. Yeah. And she was actually asked by Argento to come back for this film. Yeah, I, and she I didn't saw that. because she was uh, she retired. And she's like, "I'm too old. I don't want to do that right now." Yeah. So they got, I believe, an Israeli actress. Oh yeah, um, what's her name? Uh, again, she's supposed to be, I think, the youngest and most beautiful yeah. of the mothers, and she is the youngest and arguably probably the most beautiful too. But Moran Atias. Yeah. Oh, I I didn't recognize her in the movie, but I have definitely seen her and stuff what has she been in oh. um land of the lost the will ferrell movie the next Whoa, three days what? russell crowe movie that okay that is all right all right but oh, yeah she's, she's in the village tv series there's a village tv series uh yep i guess so well okay but like <laughs> yeah she's just like she is very it's almost similar in terms of screen time because she has almost about as much if not a bit more than Mother Tenenbaum and Inferno in terms of like you see her, and but instead of Inferno being like, ooh, who, I wonder who this mysterious nurse is. It's like, oh, that's the mother. And this, yeah. it's like, no, she's like got one boob out and she's like wearing a robe. It's yeah. that's the mother of tears. Like she doesn't care about clothes. She's like very. She's got this weird beauty and kind of essence to her that's very threatening and scary. Yeah. But then when she talks, it's like it just doesn't really. It's her so dub, stiff. yeah, her dub doesn't work. Yeah. I, Kill I, them. Yeah. Do this. <laughs> Find her. <laughs> it is time, my children. Like, kind of that stuff yeah. where it's like... Stab me with the steeple of this building. <laughs> Please, end me now. Yeah. I do not want a prequel. Please. <laughs> <laughs> we do not need that. But, um, yeah, overall, Mother of Tears, it's just a wild ride that, like, if you were watching along these films with us, which, by the way... Thank you if you are. Uh-huh. And you saw Inferno and you were like in our same boat where it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to watch the next one. Yeah. Absolutely do. Unfortunately, trying to get this film to rent it is a uh, non-existent. I, we had to buy it. Yeah. But like in all honesty, for like the $10 we bought, it was a fun ride. Sure. I, th- I think it's worth $10. And hey, it's it could also be a funny thing if you like go on your Amazon account and you see like, 
the one film you've bought his mother a tear. So, you know, <laughs> that's a fun little tidbit. That's but like, street cred right there. Yeah, I know. That's clout. It is clout, absolutely. But if you if you wanted to see, if you saw Inferno was like, I would like to see this lore done better and also just be, you know, fun to watch, Mother of Tears is there for you. <laughs> and with that said, we are now officially finished with our third trilogy, titularly called The Three Mothers. Uh, and it's and it's you know it's Crowd wonderful yeah it's it's and i'm actually very glad that we went through all three now that <laughs> i have all three in my head i can safely say that suspiria is the best unsurprisingly uh, yeah. and is the most fun and shows that like while the trilogy does do a lot of fun stuff lore wise and kill wise and does kind of like that vibe of like the horror era of like when it comes to slashers that doesn't need a sequel but they're still fun to watch yeah. to a degree Suspiria is the best one, always will be, mm-hmm. and usually from this point forward, even though I've seen the trilogy, I would probably just recommend like watch Suspiria, and if you really, I mean, really love Suspiria and you really want to try the sequels, <coughs> sure. Yeah. But yeah, because I mean, for the same thing as like this was your first time going through Suspiria and yeah, all I, of these, I and, seen like, any of them. so yeah. like you you you've gone from like a fan of Suspiria to like being like, I do not want to watch the <laughs> third like, film. Why did we make more? Yeah. And then you like, when we watched the third film, we're like, all right, at least it ends on a fun high note. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, that is it for this trilogy. However, if you look at your calendars right now, if you have a physical calendar on a wall somewhere, open it, look <laughs> at it, look at your phone. You might realize that there are five Saturdays in October. Yep. So that means next week, which is Halloween. Halloween. Next Saturday's Halloween. We are doing another frequel. And to top off the Three Mothers trilogy, we are talking about the most recent iteration in that trilogy, the reinterpretation of Suspiria by Luca Guadagnino mm-hmm. that came out in 2018, just called Suspiria. We are going to talk about that film because, in all honesty, after watching the first Suspiria, even though we kind of planned it from the beginning... If we hadn't, I would have probably tried to sell it after watching that again because it's like, I just want to watch that film again. Yeah. Because there's just, now that I've seen the the Three Mothers trilogy, I can attest that the remake is really something that needs to be seen in by fans. And so I'm very curious. And I have to not seen it. it, so. Yes. And it also is like a two and a half hour epic <laughs> yeah. about witches in, in Berlin. Yeah, whereas Suspiria was less than two hours. Yes. Like it an was, hour and a half or yeah, something. Yeah, like it's like 90, hour 40. No, yeah, it's like, yeah. So tune in on Halloween when we do 2018 Suspiria for our second prequel. And until then, my name is Logan Sowash. And I'm Andy Carr. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.